0: welcome to, what is it poker in the ears is that what it's called it that hasn't been changed that right long. come on it's Stop been a long time i don't i just i i feel rusty i'm not gonna lie I, it feels a little weird to be back here in the chair i'm uncle daddy i'm joe stapleton he's my work wife he's james hardigan
1: a belated Happy New Year, Joe. And I will argue that even though people aren't hearing this until the first day of February, we are recording on the last day of January. So I figure I can just about get away with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's it, though. Man, it's fucking February. Coming up on today's show. Hello, my babies. Again, I'm saying it again because it's been a while. (laughs) Lots has happened. Yes. EBT Prague happened. Christmas happened. New Year happened, as James just mentioned. Lots and lots and lots happened in online poker. And a lot of it was bad. Except for Lex Feldhaus. Absolutely smashing the New Year's Series. Congratulations, Lex. Uh, But because a lot of bad things happen, we're going to try to make you feel better. And we've got not one, but two experts on the show who are going to make you feel better, I think. One... Is Ashley Chase. Ashley is the associate director of CRM and loyalty for PokerStars. What does all that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Let's ask him or her. Ashley seems like a dude in
1: the UK. I can confirm that Ashley is a he.
0: Okay, great. We'll ask him later in the show. And then two, your friend and mine, Chris Stragallis, director of online poker experience for PokerStars, will also be on the show. Now, we've spoken to Chris before on the show and the live streams, and has he been doing Sunday Million
1: commentary with Nick Walsh? Yes, most recently, on the day that the thing we're going to be talking to these guys about went live, only it didn't go live, and Strang put himself on the front line, so we need to check in on that.
0: Okay, so he's not just trying to replace us as poker commentators. There was like a reason he was on.
1: A uh, bit from column A, a bit from column B. <laughs> oh
0: alright. Well, Chris and Ashley are both going to be here to chat with us about the brand new, but sort of old Poker Stars Rewards program and James Hardigan is going to ask some of the tough questions, right?
1: Am I? Okay, I better better start writing them down.
0: <laughs> so I'm not sure that's going to leave us with much time to uh, talk about Christmas, New Year's, anecdotes, or to do a full EPT Prog recap, but at this point, we might as well wait another two weeks for that. We're having EPT Prague 2023 winner Podrig O'Neill on the show.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to try and tie that together with our kind of EPT 2024 preview. We'll kind of like it'll be like the footnote to last year's season, looking ahead to this year's season with the most recent champion.
0: Okay, yeah. So that's when we're I mean that's what that, we'll we'll be spending the next 3 weeks basically catching up on shit that's happened yeah. over the last couple of months. Uh, so we won't get to the EPT Prague recap until then. But there's a Sandy the degenerate story that <laughs> happened in Prague that I'm dying to tell you about. So we're going to do that today. That Just
1: just to be clear, the day yeah. after this happened, and bear in mind we were still doing the live stream from Prague. Joe comes in, and he's like I'm telling you now, something happened last night. It's a great Sandy story for the podcast. And I really want to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you. I can't tell you. I'm going to save it for the podcast. So I've been waiting six weeks yeah. to hear this anecdote.
0: It's worth it, I think. God, I hope I didn't oversell it. Anyway, um, so th- that segment is back. And yes, Superfan versus Stapes is back in 2024. We got some shit to give away. Uh, this week's Superfan is James Harpen and james has chosen the simpsons i don't know how that's going to go um some of the simpsons is locked into my brain from my childhood anything post i would say 1999 i'm in big big trouble so
1: yeah i would be the thing. same to be honest all right do you want to get into the poker news
0: yeah i want to i want to tease the sandy story a little bit more so let's let's handle poker news first
1: yes absolutely gonna- um and i guess let, let let's start with the good shall we let's start with yes. good news Yes. Um, The Global Poker Awards 2024. I guess they're the 2023 awards, right? Because they're the awards for last year being handed out this year. Nominations were announced in the last 10 days. And Joe, you did it again. Your campaigning worked. You have managed to tell people who to nominate, who to vote for. You got our boss nominated for best industry person.
0: Yeah, so uh, to address the way you just said that, because I will accept some of the praise for that. However, when uh, when we say you did it again, I want to say you did it again collectively. The people out there who did heed my words and who did maybe write in a vote for Francine Watson, thank you very much. I couldn't have done it without you. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, on one, on the one hand, I I wouldn't say I did it unless Francine wins. However, on the other hand, all I really wanted was to get her recognized. And at this point, yes, we have been successful in getting some recognition for Francine.
1: So two things I want to say on this. The first is, if you have this incredible power to sway people's vote, can you please start making noise now ahead of the November 2024 presidential election? (laughs) Because I'm worried
0: yeah unfortunately i think i alienated a lot of people last time that was a thing and i've been i feel like my uh my 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 uh my powers might only be limited to the poker industry because okay, it yeah. doesn't seem to have much effect elsewhere. But yes, so I'm super excited that Francine's name is there. Yeah. I do I- think she she's got a shot to win.
1: Well, the second point I was gonna make, Joe, is I don't I think you're right in the fact that being shortlisted, being nominated, being one of the final four does in a way almost feel like a win, especially yeah. when you consider that and I'm happy to be corrected, I don't believe anyone associated with poker stars has ever been nominated in this category before has been the best industry person. I don't believe so. Um, Again, I I will stand corrected if that's not the case. It's unusual. And when you consider how big a player PokerStars is in the industry, that kind of feels a little bit weird. She is the only woman nominated in this category. She is the only European nominated in this category and i'm not saying that the other people nominated maurice kendani adam pliska ryan beauregard don't deserve those nominations but she does stand out like a sore thumb for all of those reasons so i'm glad she's in there even if she doesn't actually lift the trophy on the night
0: yes and look and i've said this before and i'll I'll say it again is that the, the global poker awards in my opinion aren't it isn't like the nba championship right where the team that wins has the most wins that year um should win every single year you know the there's no, there shouldn't be a dynasty in the global poker awards right like yeah. Adam Pliska's is doing great work at the WPT I'm a big fan he shouldn't win this award every single year you know what I mean like wow. it's something that I think that should be shared and something that we should be using to promote the entire industry same as with podcasts same as with uh, commentator, and we'll get to those two categories in a second, there wouldn't
1: be a point to the same people winning it every single year. I think it's dumb. Absolutely. And I'm as guilty as anyone of sometimes being overly critical of these awards unnecessarily. And again, I will always shout out Eric, Roland, Hans, and the rest of the team at the GPI the Lord's for doing work. a great job of just showcasing as many different facets of this industry as possible. And yeah, I don't think it's wrong that the love is shared and different people win and are Uh, kind of honored each year so for example when we come to best podcast and obviously I was surprised and honored to see that we've been nominated I think for a third year in a row um, to see us nominated alongside the chip race only friends and the thinking poker podcast and I would highlight we've won before the chip race has won before only friends won last year it's about time that Andrew Brokos uh, and Carlos Welch won this award for the Thinking poker podcast. I remember when we did the crossover and had Andrew yeah. as a guest on this show, and I was so blown away with, and I know it's the name of his podcast, so it makes sense, but what a great thinker he is about the game, and how relatable his advice was, how he was able not to dumb it down, but to give tips to give uh you know strategy lessons at a very basic level to idiots like you and me
0: yeah absolutely and just to toot their horn a little bit too that andrew um it appears to be it seems like everyone in poker that i admire and or follow at some point has some horrific take that i just can't get on board with and that's normal right no one's ever going to agree with everything another person says and unfortunately we live in a world where we know everyone's inner thoughts Mm. all the time i have to say Andrew's a dude that I find myself on board with like probably 99% of the time. And I'm only saying that because I don't, I can't for sure say it's a hundred, but I just love the way that dude thinks. I think they've got a really classy show and uh, I'm also pulling for them as well. James, I'm glad that you uh, brought that up.
1: Now for the second year running, there is a live stream award and for the second year running, it is the fans choice. It's open to a public vote. But they've retitled it. Last year, it was favorite live stream. This year, it's best live stream. And (laughs) this kind of like irks me somewhat because I think a popularity contest, a public vote is going to be more about what people like rather than what is necessarily objectively best. But anyway, thrilled to see PokerStars live in the final five alongside Hustler Casino Live, Poker at the Lodge, Poker Go, and Triton. Um, If we're going to talk about... No, I'm not going to go there. Um, I'm just wait, 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 wait. You can't do that. If you're going to talk about best live stream, if you're going to talk yeah. about production standards. It's and again, okay. I'm talking about this as as objectively as I can. I understand. I would say I it's a two-horse race between Poker Stars Live and Triton Poker. But I imagine that the Hustler has a lot of fans, as evidenced by winning last year, and there is no doubt that they produce some very popular, very entertaining content. So I would be surprised if they didn't win it for a second year running.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I, because honestly, I didn't notice the change between fave and best uh, till you mentioned it right now. So I wouldn't expect the average fan viewer or fan voter to have uh f- you know, figured that out either, decided that there's like a nuance between those two things. I don't have a problem saying that we work on a world-class production. and 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 our
1: uh, take the commentary out of it this is not us patting ourselves on the back this is about the actual production team the core crew Um, uh, as evidenced by the fact that neither has been nominated in the best broadcaster category I've literally gone from hero to zero in the space of 12 months (laughs) but again I think this echoes the point Joe about the love being shared and different people being honoured and Not being funny, I agree with you 100%. It's about time that Ali Najad was was recognized. This guy has been doing it as long as I have. I mean, poker after dark uh, at at its peak in 2006, 2007, where he was the lone commentator. And if you think about who had a good year in 2023, alongside the work he's been doing from Triton and on the World Series of Poker, he was also the host and anchor of Game of Gold, which people absolutely loved. So this very much feels like it's the year of Ali, and I will be surprised and disappointed if he does not win the award this year.
0: Yeah, I like I uh, I also put Ali's name out there when I was shilling for Francine, and it is uh, you know t- t- hyperbolically, it's criminal that Ali has not won this award yet, and I think has been not nominated. Other times, if I remember correctly, and if I could just go ahead and say um, that I'm, there are people on my radar for next year. By the way, Um, I'm trying now to. um, Dave Tuckman's on my radar as someone who I think is worthy of recognition. He's another one who's been doing
1: this job a long time, coming up on twenty years.
0: Yeah, so Dave and a couple of people in the print world, people like Paul Seton and Haley Hints, are people that do really great work. And, uh, you know, now that I've sort of taken care, D- Dan Gotti, by the way, Poker Go has never been nominated for anything. And I think that, you know, he- he's got a role very similar to Francine's where it's really easy to fall through the cracks and do great work that no one notices because they just expect it out of you. So, um, you know, it'd be really great this year. So we're going po- thinking poker, Ali Najad, Francine Watson. Uh is there are there other categories we're invested in this yeah, year? Yeah,
1: just just very quickly. I mean as far as I, I don't want to be um too kind of partisan about it, but you know Toby Stone is nominated once again for yes, uh, awesome. best tournament director and in the streamer category, uh we've got two dogs in that hunt. Uh, both Spraggy and Lex are nominated. I think there is a strong suspicion that Burt Stevens, Giraffe Ganger, is going to get that award after his sure. uh, tournament and streaming performance last year. Um, one thing I was very surprised to see at first was in the media content video category, before any of the ballots went out and before anyone started voting, I would have thought this was a slam dunk for Game of Gold. Um But actually, they've created an award just for that. I think it's getting a special recognition prize because it seems that the video prize goes to short form. It goes to like Twitter videos or reels or very short YouTube clips. Anything long form, anything like a TV series or a long form documentary or or film doesn't get a look in in this category. So I guess that's why they've created this new uh, special achievement award. So hopefully in the future where there are other um kind of more I guess traditional TV formats, they maybe will get recognized um by that new award.
0: I mean heck, wouldn't it be great if there was enough new poker TV content out there to warrant a, a long form poker video category in and of itself and not necessarily have to have a created look, and I think Game of Gold is definitely worth recognizing. I mean it was a, a sensation. You know, it really um captured the hearts and minds of of the poker community for those couple of months while it was airing so um i'm glad that they did figure out a way to get uh to get those folks recognized because clearly it it was a thing
1: yeah yeah um and again this is what i was just saying about how video focuses on short form the problem with best media content written is we are literally comparing not literally but but we are comparing apples with oranges here because you've got a book nominated, which is yeah, Alex O'Brien's right. The Truth Detective, which we're both huge fans of, alongside a bunch of articles. And no disrespect to Connor Richards, Brad Willis, and David Hill, all great writers, how can you compare their online articles with a book?
0: Yeah, that's. I, I was actually chatting to Paul Seaton about this, and I was like, look, it's tough to compare it to a book. And it's also tough. Isn't one of the articles like about Doyle, right? Yes. Isn't it like, so, you know, a lot of the time it's it, the, the voting for these things can be quite skewed by the subject matter. Doyle Brunson passed away and now there's like a really nice, you know, touching tribute written to him. How do you compete with that if you're just like, yeah, you know, if you're just like, oh, hey, here's here's a here's a here's a really great hard-hitting news piece about like a robbery in a parking lot in texas like you're just not going to compete with the life of doyle brunson
1: no absolutely um by the way i'm not going to run through every single category you're not going to run through every single nominee and that's not because they're not deserving of attention if you want to see the full list of nominees global is where you'll find the information there are three more categories i don't want to highlight very quickly joe one is best x slash twitter personality Officially, the platform's called X, but most people still refer to it as Twitter. I was very pleased to see that three of the four nominees are female poker players. Marley Sprague, Jamie Kerstetter, Caitlin Kameski competing against Will Jaffe in that category. I think all four are great follows on that platform. All very deserving nominees. One surprise for me um, was Best Event, where, as usual... The World Series of Poker main event is nominated. Deserved. It broke a record last year. The WPT World Championship at Win Las Vegas. Not surprised. The one I was shocked to see not nominated was the Pokestars Players No Limit Hold'em Championship, the PSPC, from Bahama last year. I don't know whether it's because it occurred in January and everyone's already forgotten about it, or because it was the second time we'd done it and maybe it didn't have the same impact as the first time it ran in 2019. But I was a bit disappointed it didn't make the shortlist for best event because it was a unique event in so many ways. Um, But the Irish Open did get a look in. The Irish Open main event has been nominated. So here's here's a bizarre factoid. I play hardly any poker. I played two of the tournaments nominated for best event last year.
0: (laughs) I mean, look, but isn't that kind of a testament as to what great events those events are? Because they take people who don't normally play poker... And end up getting them to play poker. I played the World Series of Poker main event. Like, you know, it's just, hey, they're great events that get people to go, hey, I don't normally yeah. do this, but yeah. I'm going to give it a whirl. So, um, yeah, okay. best event is, again, is like a, is a, is a category that it's really difficult to uh, have an opinion on it unless you've been to the
1: events That's too, true. right? Like That's true.
0: It's it's just a you know it's it's an imperfect system and I'm with you I do think the fact that you know the PSPC was as far away from the voting as possible uh, for being nominated within the calendar year and I also think that you know um, you know maybe if we had had the had the TV shows that come out in the same calendar year or, what, or whatever it would have reminded people right if they'd seen that trophy lift on television or on YouTube but those shows. Are still coming up. We'll
1: be seeing those in 2024. So, finally, uh, best trophy is back. And I know that this is just a fun category, but it, it, it does amuse me that once again, the World Series of Poker Main Event bracelet, which is not a trophy, it's a bracelet, is shortlisted, along with. The EPT Trophy, which finally gets nominated because we took the word Europe off it and added the words North America. The NAPT Las Vegas Main (laughs) Event Trophy is nominated, and it just proves what you have to do to get on the shortlist, which is remove the word European and make it North American.
0: It is still very North American-centric. I don't know what's to be done about that, but here's the good news. There is an NAPT now, right? So... Maybe some of the poker stars family will start to get recognized a little bit more now that we have one tiny little toe in the North American live poker market. Um, and I only assume that the NABT events that we have in the future will only get bigger and better than what we had in Vegas. And everyone I know who went to Vegas was like, this is fucking awesome. Now, so,
1: yeah. What's a bit disappointing is. I thought it was going to be around the same time as last year. And I'm actually going to be in Vegas that week. But no, sadly, the awards are a week earlier. And it's not just about me not being able to go. Hardly anyone from the European poker industry is going to be able to attend these awards because it will be the penultimate day of EPT Paris. Because it's going to be on Saturday, the 24th. Of February, which is a great shame, but I understand that the guys are, to a certain degree, slaves to PokerGO's broadcast schedule and availability, and they want to do it from the PokerGO studios, live-streamed on that platform. And I think that's the only day they could make work. It's a great shame, though. And again, highlighting once more that we're trying to escape this kind of like um, reputation of being a US-centric award show, and. Alas, Europe kind of feels like an afterthought because so many people are going to be in Paris that weekend.
0: Well, what's really funny, and hopefully this puts that to bed, is that there's always these like rumblings of like how it's rigged toward poker stars, right? Remember how people used to be like, oh, poker stars get special treatment from the awards and blah, blah, blah. Like, I hope that that sentiment is now officially buried after the fact that there might not be. A single Poker Stars representative at the live awards that yeah. I can think of. Like maybe some straggler, hopefully someone is able to attend. But yeah. Um, oh, I guess maybe some of the North American team might be able to make it. Hopefully they got invites. Um, but yes, all you know, Poker Stars Global is all gonna be at EPT Paris. So uh, the good news is James and everyone else. Y'all won't have to sit through whatever dumb bit that I come up with to like open the show that Jeff Platt always comes over and I run some kind of quote-unquote comedy routine that three or four people laugh at and then I spend the rest of the night worrying about. So that'll get skipped at least
1: this year. So I imagine we'll talk about the winners during the final table of EPT Paris on the Sunday and, of course, we'll recap the awards properly on our podcast. After the winners have been revealed on Saturday, the 24th of February. Um, just to rattle off a few other headlines quickly, um, there are a couple of live event announcements. Uh, for our regional tours, there's a Eureka event in Rosvadov coming up in early March. Uh, the Australia's Poker Tour is going to Madrid in mid-March. More dates to follow from those tours. I expect we'll hear more about the FPS, the France Poker Series, during EPT Paris. And I personally am looking forward to UK IPT 2024 dates being announced soon. Um the Sunday Million Anniversary has a date. Now, this is some way off, but I like the fact that the date is already out there because I do consider this to be the must-play online tournament of the year. So I'm glad that people have got plenty of warning and chances to qualify because, of course, satellites are already running. Sunday, the 7th of April, is the date. $8 million guaranteed prize pool, $1 million plus guaranteed for the winner. It's a traditional or old-school Sunday Million with a $215 buy-in. But as I mentioned, there are plenty of chances to qualify for a lot less than that. We'll stream the final table on Tuesday the 9th, but Sunday the 7th is when you can play the Sunday Million 18th anniversary. And talking of save-the-date announcements, we will have our own save-the-date to give you on next Uh week's podcast. Something very exciting coming up. But that was all the good news. Now we have to focus on the bad news, Joe. And you alluded to it at the start of the show. A lot of stuff happened in the world of online poker at the very start of this year, and it wasn't good.
0: No, not only was it not good, but then the handling of it seemed not great either. And um look, I don't I'll just say this, without being overly critical of other companies, I'm just always lucky that the way that we handle things at our company is typically a way that I can get behind and a way that I can be proud of and a way that I don't have to do a ton of defending of, of the way we do stuff. And I think that part of it is that we can focus on the positive is that we really do spend a lot of time and money and effort preventing these things ahead of time so there's not a lot of aftermath to deal with most of the time but yes there were super users there were bots by the way there were...
1: i never thought having gone through the whole absolute ultimate bet nightmare of like 2007 2008 i didn't think that if you fast forwarded to the year 2023 2024 that we'd still be talking about the concept of super users
0: yeah uh well at least in this case it seems like it wasn't an inside job and it was just someone, uh, a very, very smart individual or group of individuals that figured out how to do this. So, um, you know, the the point of this, by the way, is not to uh, is not to tap dance on anybody oh, else's no, bad fortune. No. The other companies, because it's bad for the industry. We don't, we we you know, we like the competition. We know people that work at all these places. We know people that represent these brands. There are friends. There are you know, there are our, our industry colleagues. Um, we we just want what's best for everyone, especially the players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad you highlighted that, Joe. There is no schadenfreude here. This is bad for online poker and bad for its future when this stuff happens. And also, not going to go into huge detail about this because let's be brutally honest, you can't expect us to be objective as two guys on yeah. the PokerStars payroll. So what we can do is point to what Joe was talking about, the stuff that PokerStars does to combat this stuff. You might remember... Back in the summer of 2022, we did a special episode of the podcast. It was episode 250. Nice round number, nice, easy number to remember. We spoke to the head of game integrity at Pokestars, a chap called Francis Lincoln, about how stars combat stuff like bots, like AI, like real time assistance. So check out that episode. Go back to episode 250 if you want to know about how we stop that kind of behavior on the Pokestars platform. So that's the bad news out of the way. And the the good news, Joe, is it was a shit sandwich because we're going back to good news now. Good, bad, good. Um, PokerStars has revamped its rewards program. And I think it's fair to say most players have found something to like here. Um, And it's out now because we were off air. We kind of missed the fanfare. Uh, We're back a week after it's already live. But the advantage that gives us is we can check in on how it's going. And we can talk to two of the star's execs who made it happen. Or, more realistically, gave the orders to the people who then actually pressed (laughs) the buttons to make it happen. Uh, We welcome Ashley Chase, Associate Director of CRM and Loyalty. And welcome back, Chris Tregalas, Director of Online Poker Experience.
2: Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate having us on.
0: Hey, fellas. I'm going to take the first question. It's a bit of a softball. Uh, This one's for Ash. Uh, Ash, look, I've worked for Poker Stars for like 15 years. I definitely know what CRM means and definitely have not forgotten it all of the dozens of times people have told me what it means over the years. But in case the audience doesn't know, because I (laughs) definitely do, in case the audience doesn't know, could you please tell people what CRM is?
3: Well, technically, uh, it stands for Customer Relationship Management. Um, But in... In kind of layman's terms, I'd describe it as um, sending out communications to players, uh, but also our promotions and rewards for players. So
0: it's speaking to, uh, are we allowed to use the word customer? Speaking to players? It's correct. Okay. And so, and how does loyalty separate from that?
3: Uh, well, loyalty, I would say, is a, is a way that we reward customers, but we might do CRM, uh, for example, if we have um, the Sunday-minute anniversary coming up, we might plan communications to tell players about that event, or if we have a live event coming up, um, yeah, you know, we like the Irish Open, for example, we would contact customers about that, and that might not necessarily be a reward itself. Got it.
0: And is there a difference, like, do different types of players receive different types of communication?
3: Absolutely. So, uh, for example, if we have a an event at BSOP coming up, if we have a customer that's playing uh, from Scotland, you know, they might wish to go to that event, but it might not be too relevant for them. Um, so, yeah, we often target communications for players who we think would be interested in in that offer or that communication or uh, the event that we're wishing to communicate.
0: Got it. So, there's there's a, a fair amount of strategy involved in that.
3: Correct. Yeah. Okay, there's
2: some thinking there. And Chris, why don't you remind people what you do? So, uh, director of online poker experience. Um, I'm responsible essentially for what you see online when you engage with us on our on our online uh, various clients or estate, as we call it. So, primarily poker operations and game integrity operations. That is the people behind the scenes that essentially it, to put it in a in a in a, in a um an, an analogy that might be relevant to you joe um it's like a programmer somebody who might program at a network station it's putting the content into the client um is what poker operations does does game integrity they're the ones of making sure that we're protecting players from you know the the various things that other players might try to do using real time assistance or um, you know use, using solvers, uh, uh, anything that we is against our terms of service and, and um, is related to playing poker at the tables.
0: So important stuff, really. Yeah. For short.
2: Sure. Now I, I
1: was a bit frustrated a couple of weeks ago when you guys went out with the announcement about the changes to PokerStars rewards because we were off air, right? And we're kind of like, well, you snooze, you lose. But and this is my spin on the matter. As far as I'm concerned, we can do a kind of like you know update now that everything's actually gone live because what we're a week and a bit into this now 10 days since the changes actually went live so the obvious question to ask is how is it going
2: uh well i'll i'll speak from my perspective and then I'll, let, I'll let ashley give give uh, um his own view on it um so it, it it's a pretty monumental change in my view in, in the way that that we're positioning our rewards I mean, and going from previous what we previously had which was um a, a, an above the line, um, do X get Y, uh, rake back, uh, on and, and earn it, um, in incrementally. And then we had our weekly challenges, of which you either got a 10% challenge or a 40% challenge. But only 7% of our player base was actually completing those challenges. Um, and instead, we went we went to a, a, a higher top end that's just stri- strictly revenue-based and, um, and treating everybody the same. So there was no difference between if you were considering a winning player or a not winning player. Um, and So I think we had kind of – I'm going to be – and again, part of the hallmarks of this program is we want to be very transparent with people. And so I'm not going to say it's all sunshine and roses because it's not. Not everybody is going to benefit from these changes. If you were somebody who was playing and you were getting a 40% reward and you were were playing just to only reach that reward and then to stop playing, um, you're not going to be better off necessarily with this program. Because, right, so,
1: so the seven percent of people who are actually completing these challenges they're no longer getting those challenges so they get less
2: right correct correct um but it also meant that that if they wanted to play beyond those challenges they weren't getting rewarded for that additional play and that was um a frustration for those players and a frustration for us we want players to be able to play when they want to play and we want them to get rewarded for all of their play um commensurate with with what the, the the experience that they're getting so um so, so I w- I would say that you know again we are getting mixed feedback from some the players that were the the ones that were completing those chests. Obviously, they're not particularly happy, and and that's understandable. And uh, and and we are um, doing other things to help ease that um, pain that they're feeling of, of a potentially reduced return. Um, we're going to adding more promotions and um, doing more things to engage those players so that they they can continue to feel rewarded for the play that they give us.
0: Okay, so there's still going to be promotions, just the reward specifically is a lot simpler now and doesn't have as many bells and whistles, but is just more bottom line for certain players.
3: Yeah. So effectively what we've done with removing the weekly challenges that, uh, that Schrag mentioned, um, we're increasing the generosity of the core program. Um, and we're also oh, cool. spending more on promotions for players. We think that the most recreational and casual players, um, it's more effective, more exciting for them being rewarded through promotions. So the first step I would say that, you know, we've done, uh, we launched the new program last, um, last Monday, as you mentioned, there is some transition time before players move on to the new program so what they have to do they have to complete their existing poker Stars rewards progress bar before they they start a new progress bar on the new system uh, when i looked yesterday i think it was 60 percent of players had done that right. um so you know that process is going to take uh, one or two weeks um and then you the the, uh, the launch of more recreational promotions um we're really excited about promotion that's launching on the 5th of february um on shared liquidity, uh, on the dot-com market, it's awarding a million dollars in tickets throughout throughout February. So there's promotions like that that are coming that um, yeah, weren't done for the day launch uh, of the rewards changes. But, yeah, we're really excited for those types of promotions to now be launched. Uh, Strike, you what? described this as a, a monumental change.
1: We had a pretty major rewards change slash relaunch just over a year ago. So is this an admission that we got it wrong last time?
2: Um, well, I, w- I was going to say we didn't get it 100% right. So there were parts okay. of it that we got wrong, right? It was definitely an improvement on what we had before, which was the randomized chests, which were pretty universally disliked, to be honest, unless you were on the receiving end of the high end of variance and you got one of the bigger reward chests. But um, what the, the, I think the, the thing we got wrong was at the time we said it was up to 65%. But there was a category of players that could never reach that 65%. And that to me is just, that's just fundamentally, we shouldn't be saying that, right? And today we're saying it's up to 60%, and virtually any player can achieve that. if there, Again, one caveat here that we can't control, we can't make it available in every license as much as we would like to. There are regulatory restrictions. Sometimes there's tax that we have to pay that make it just not possible for us to operate at a loss in certain markets. Um, and we are, again, we're being much more transparent transparent and open about what those markets are, even about what the amount of tax that we're paying is. We think that's really important. Relationships start from trust and communication, and we're trying to communicate more about these things, even when it's something that's, that's you wouldn't have heard an operator talk about in the past. So that's what we got wrong before. We, 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 we made it impossible. But today, if you're in one of our, our eligible markets, you can get up to 60% if you meet the target volume requirements. But you were kind of implying, Ashley, that
1: when talking about... There's a huge percentage of players who are never even going to qualify for like the base tier of Rakeback, right? There's a lot of players out there who just don't play enough volume to ever get anything. And that's why... Obviously, you've got to look at a different way of, of, of reaching those people and making them feel that their business is still valued.
3: Correct. And a really important part of the changes is that um, the daily reward from PowerPath, uh, which um, we launched a few months ago as a as almost a trial, um, that's proved very successful. So that is a 50 cent step one ticket to PowerPath awarded to players every single day they play at poker stars if you think of the old chess program uh the blue chess level players at that level were having to generally play throughout the month to receive a reward that was 50 cents now we're saying every day you play with us we'll give you 50 cents so That's you know cool. for our most casual players it's actually quite an in, quite an increase in terms of the level of rewards yeah. they receive granted it isn't a power part ticket but for the players that are at that that play at those levels, we see very high usage rates, very high satisfaction from those players. Um, I want you guys to flash back, and I'm sure it's a night you've tried to
1: erase from your minds. But Monday the 22nd, when this was meant to go live, is it fair to say that the launch did not go according to plan?
3: Um, the target was to launch um, you know in the afternoon time um i would say if you if you look back we launched we launched on monday for all the licenses that we were uh, that we were aiming to so we you know delivered that uh, we basically met the uh, met the timeline that we communicated to players in terms of the date uh it went slight it went um slightly later in most licenses um so i think it was uh it was just gone midnight uk time that we uh, that we rolled out to all the remaining licenses um there were some tests that we had to do when we launched the first market um, and we did, we did to make a couple of changes to make sure that everything was working as expected. And yeah, there was a, there was a few hours delay, uh, unfortunately.
1: And obviously, there are some people are not going to be happy about that delay. And I have to give you credit, Strack. You basically went out there. You were due to do the the Sunday Million live stream with Nick Walsh that night, and you basically decided, I'm going to put myself in front of an audience of chat pros on Twitch right now and uh, and handle the abuse.
2: Yeah, well it's a credit to the to our Twitch audience. And as much as we might say that, you know, we, we make a little bit fun of our chat pros, they were actually quite kind about it. And we didn't get actually that many questions. Um, I think it was much more on Discord where we we uh, we continue to get, you know, quite challenging questions from our, our most engaged players, right? And you would expect that from a from a, a platform like Discord um and yeah. Twitch. Um but, you know, it, it, and, and again, I, it, it's not unexpected for my part, and, and I can certainly understand the frustration from people. Um, like I said, if you were on the receiving end of, um, you know, that one level of generosity, then you were in that, when I say 7%, it was actually, I think it's actually 6.7% to be to be more granular, um, that were on, on that exact um, level of chest and and yeah, of course, you know I I get why you'd be upset, angry, and um, but again, we we have to look at the bigger picture. We have to look at what makes sense for the entirety of our ecosystem. How do we keep you know how do we keep our our casual players, our more recreational players, our occasional players um, happy as well? We have to make those investments, as Ashley said. You know we're we're, we're Definitely uh, investing much more in our promotions um, and doing that for the benefit of those players. We've got fantastic stories of Power Path winners. We had a, a gentleman from uh, 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 I think it was from Poland um, who started with a 50 cent uh, Power Path ticket and got all the way to Las Vegas inside of what about three hours? Actually, I think it was um, uh, literally going through all the different steps. So I had a trip of a lifetime to go to the NAPT in Las Vegas, literally off a 50 cent Power Path ticket inside of that space of time. Those are the the, the the moments that matter and and the incredible um experiences we want to offer to to our players that because we have to remember and, and and we want our 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 regular players the players who look at poker for a living or for a side income um to understand that this is how we as as a, a, in the poker world survive right it's on the backs of these players who don't play every single day yeah. they don't call it grinding because for them it's entertainment it's fun it's relaxing it's a competition it's a challenge uh, and, and they fit, want to feel rewarded. And as Ashley said, playing all month to get a 50-cent chest, that was never going to feel rewarding for anyone. But every day I get a Power Path ticket, I get to play a little bit of poker for free uh, on top of the play I've just done, and, and I have that chance of, of winning some, winning a trip somewhere. That's quite amazing. Uh, as a quick aside, I
1: would urge everyone to check out uh, Jack Stanton's interview with Lee Swift on the PokerStars blog. He's a guy who won uh, Power Pass to EPT Paris, uh, on Christmas Eve. He's the guy who does press-ups when he's playing online poker and hopefully he'll be doing press-ups in Paris and Joe and I look forward to meeting him when we go to Paris uh, later this month. Um, I'm glad you brought up Discord, Strag, and we'll ask both of you and Ashley, I'll ask you first, how come have you close to Rage quitting and
3: uninstalling Discord
1: in the last two weeks?
3: Um, yeah, no, I think... <laughs> I think it's a time like this where it is so important to to communicate um, with our players. So, yeah, at a time like this, um you know, I have been trying to check it um, you know, as regularly as I can. Um Often it will be a kind of outside work. You know, we've, we have, we're we've very busy with work during the day. So often it's, um, yeah, addressing questions, answering questions. Um, and it's just a real lesson. Sometimes we send messages in, in communications um, and you really learn actually what is understood by players, what we need to take care to communicate more clearly. So, yeah, at times like this, I think this is when it is most important to how we're to the ground and listen to what our players are saying.
1: Strag, uh, you've sometimes employed Stapleton like responses to people um, there must have been times where you're like I'm gonna walk away I'm gonna come back in five minutes and I'm gonna handle this
2: so you're're you're hundred percent you're correct um, that, that's a, it's exactly what I do in fact oftentimes if it's a particularly challenging individual um, somebody who you can tell is is trying to get under your skin um, I'll write a response and literally do exactly what you said I'll walk away and delete, I'll delete go Just one area at one one <laughs> button press at a time. Go downstairs, spend some time with my dog, um, you know, have, have a cuddle, and then come back upstairs and go. Do I really want to send that? Um, and you, you know, as you say, Joe, many many times I'm deleting that that message or modifying it. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, now it's, it's actually nice that Discord actually has timeout function as well. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, I try to be quite judicious with that. And I try to make sure that, um, you know, people understand we're here to help. As Ashley mentioned, and I think, I don't know how well this is actually appreciated. Um, those of us who are on Discord this is not necessarily a, a dedicated responsibility we're doing it because we want to because we care about our player base and we want to communicate with them we want to see through their eyes that's probably the most valuable thing that discord brings to us since we can't play on the side ourselves it lets us see what they see and experience what they experience vicariously um but i also don't think they necessarily appreciate how much time like i don't i don't think there's been a day since Beginning of December, when we first started really talking about rewards, then I haven't been on Discord. Maybe that's not a good thing, by the way. Maybe I do need to take a little bit of a break and, and, and let it let it sit for a little bit. But I also think like people do expect a response, um, and they'd like to get a response. And we try to respond where we can. Again, we're being very transparent, very open. We've even had a few competitors come in there. And chat with us um, and, and be open about the fact that they're competitors. And, um, you know, we, we, we try to make it uh, – the, the goal with Discord is to make it a positive environment as much as possible. We want constructive feedback, and we will take criticism. We allow those conversations to happen. But, but you know, I, I won't let toxicity happen, and that's that's where I try to, try to draw the line.
0: It's It's really funny to me that I can go into a situation, you can tell me what your threshold is, where you're just like, I know there's going to be some criticism for this. I know that there's going to be good and there's going to be bad, and I'm not going to let the bad get to me. And then 1.5 seconds later, <laughs> four words into a negative post, I'm like, fuck this. I'm Like that <laughs> that that threshold, it's gone immediately. What is your threshold? Do you have a bit of it, or is it just, just immediately washed away like a sandcastle like mine? Like it looks really strong, but gone at the first wave.
2: Um, I, my biggest thing is straw man's, uh, I, I hate a straw man argument. The idea that, that, that somebody postulates or says something that right. say claiming that. So what you're really something.
0: saying is you hate us and you're like, wait, no, I did well.
2: <laughs> Exactly. Uh, putting words, in, putting words in my mouth that I never said. Yeah, that, that I, I can't stand that. Um, uh, like I said, we, we, we work so hard. We try so hard to be open and transparent. And so when somebody does that, it is very frustrating. Um, and so, you know, at times, Try to have a private conversation with somebody. And and again, we, we also have to understand, like, not everybody's a native English speaker. There can be communication challenges. Sure. So again, try to have a a measure of patience, a measure of understanding, but repeat offenses when it's the same person doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, sorry. When, no. when Chris oh, says no, private to...
0: conversation, he means uh, let's step outside. Yes, Ashley, go ahead.
3: Yeah, often I'll have a private conversation with with someone who um, you know might be looking for a level of detail that yeah you know, is probably not necessarily appropriate to you sure. know, put in the public channel. So, you know, often I think it's useful for that way as well, trying to explain and give more justification um, and answer more directly to a player. Yeah.
1: Um- Actually, in terms of some of the reaction I've seen uh, on Discord, on social media, and, and indeed from areas of the poker media, is a lot of comparisons are being made with the old Poker Stars VIP Club. Are those comparisons you welcome?
3: I think um, two of the similarities are actually like the level of rewards uh, for our most, uh, you know, for our highest volume players who are very re- reward sensitive. So, um, yeah, we talked earlier about the um, uh, about the increases in generosity for. Um, and the types of awards for our most recreational players. Um, at the top end of the program, you know, as, as Chris um, said, um, players can receive up to 60% on Pokestar Select. Um, so I think that's, uh, yeah, that's closer to the levels of the old VIP program. Um, yeah. And also what it does give, um, it gives guaranteed level of rewards um, to those players for every single cent that they do rake. Um, I think the old VIP poke program was a very different era. Um, and actually the level of rake required to get those level of rewards was actually significantly higher than what we're asked, what players require now to reach the select level. Um, so it's much easier today to reach select than it than it ever was for um for supernova, for supernova elite. Um, so yeah, there are there are slight different. Uh, there are some slight differences, of
1: course. Now you mentioned select. You mentioned select plus. These are the two elite tiers. And you brought up the word, so I'm going to use them as well. Did you consider reviving Supernova and Supernova Elite? Was that ever discussed?
3: It was suggested by uh, I think um, a couple of our ambassadors suggested it, and you know, it wasn't. When we heard it from players um, actually mentioning that, it wasn't a complete surprise to us. It had been uh, it had been mentioned and suggested. Um, it was discussed internally. Like Chris, what what I think you had a view one way. Right? I, I was
2: pretty vocally against it. Um and and uh, as somebody who's been with poker stars for a very long time, I'm gonna be celebrating my 20th year in Whoa. a couple of months with poker stars. Um and and while I appreciate that people felt that there were similarities, I also know that there's other people who feel that there's a very negative connotation. And you know, that that I'm not gonna say that's water under the bridge because there's still people who are very sensitive to it. Um I've seen that brought up on on forum threads or reddit or places like that um and so yeah i I feel like uh, let's not call it you 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 know you use the s word let's not call it supernova light or anything like that because it's not the same thing so it's 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 pleasing that people feel that there's a similarity there but i think you want to establish something something new and something a little bit fresh
1: yeah you're right there are some negative connotations there and i have to ask the question because we remember what happened to supernova elite a lot of players remember what is to stop you pulling the plug on Select and Select Plus?
2: Well, I mean, it's any business. You're always going to face challenges. But I think the biggest difference that we have with Select and Select Plus and Supernova and Supernova Elite was that with those programs, and one of the reasons why you want to avoid that kind of nomenclature is that it wasn't just the rewards you got today. There was actually a promise of future future potential, with, the, especially with Supernova Elite, that there were a significant amount of rewards that happened in year two, right? That's not the case with Select and Select Plus, and in fact, one of the ways we've alleviated that is we did allow a bit of an amnesty period. In other words, you could actually apply, you could show us proof of play um, across sites, um, or you know, uh, or, or wanted us to consider that play we did review application. We had a team that were considering applications so that you weren't disadvantaged and necessarily in a climb to get there. And, and, uh, so I think that's the main difference. And because like it is, it is about what you're earning presently. It's not about a promise of a future reward. We can, we can never as a business say, we're going to allow something in perpetuity. No company can do that. Right. But certainly our intent and, and obviously it, it tells, the players will tell us what their, with their play and with what the numbers will bear, bear out, whether it's a program worth keeping, worth enhancing, um, We've also designed it in a way, and maybe Ashley can go into a bit more, about, about um, how it differs and and particularly about how we, we reward players promotion-wise differently in our Select and Select Plus from our other
3: players. So, correct. So, the way that Select and Select Plus uh, work, the rewards is very simple. It is a, um, a percentage of rake back, and it's paid daily to players. So... The value is not unlocked in future milestones based on certain rate targets. It's it's, you play yesterday, you'll get credited today for your play from yesterday. So, you know, immediate rewards, all as cash. Um, And then on top of that, um, we have some... Um, specific promotions for select and select, pl- uh, select plus players. So those players are currently excluded from our other promotions, such as cash game leaderboards, spinning go leaderboards. They just get the select daily credit, but then we do have some select and select plus exclusive promotions. So, um, just as an example, uh, the ones that we have launched from launch, we have week- within weekly leaderboards um, that those players um, are participating in, again, against only select and select plus players. Two final questions. And the
1: first is to you, Ashley, and it relates to player feedback. Since the announcement of this new scheme, since the launch launch, Uh, 10 days ago how flexible are you being if people spot something if they make suggestions how on the fly can you make changes and adapt things
3: Absolutely. So one of the big feedbacks is around, um, actually around promotions. So cash game leaderboards, Spinnago leaderboards, um, about the kind of desire to see those. And yeah, we're delighted that they they will be launching in February once again. Um, And then on the select from, we've had some really interesting feedback around the select races. Um, And um, yeah, we're looking to potentially change the payout structures for those, potentially split them by game types, um, and also improve the surfacing of players. One of the points of feedback has been about players wanting to to track their daily rake. Um, so, yeah, we certainly certainly plan to improve that element to it.
0: Uh, I have a question about feedback before we get to James' last question. One of my recent favorite quotes uh, from uh, a meme is, uh, the haters said I couldn't do it, and they were correct. Honestly, great call from the haters. Have... Any of the haters come round, any of the usual haters that are known to be problems, naysayers of the PokerStars brand, has any of them been like, oh, you know what? Actually, I kind of like this. I think this is a step in the right direction. Have we had any sort of surprising compliments come from the Internet?
2: I, I would say a few um I think in particular um the the category or segment of players that is the happiest with this change would be our MTT players the ones that play exclusively MTTs. cool they were almost never able to um to do a, a rake back challenge because um they, they, they their play can be very sporadic right you can play a lot during a series and then not play a lot in the following week um and be determining whether you're a winning player or losing player can be quite high, subject to high variance for them that category of players, um, I've seen a few people on social media that cool. really that I would have considered to be um not a hater maybe but a doubter, let's sure. call it. Um that 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 are a bit more um welcoming and certainly and, and again a kind of return to that kind of um openness about valuing every player.
3: Yeah. And then sorry, one other one other type of player as well I would say is that the players that um, used to used to um, receive a lot of their rewards in the weekly challenges, um, they would play Almost to the cent of their weekly challenge target, right? So, if someone had a thousand uh, dollar uh, rake weekly target, they would play a thousand dollars and one cent, and they would not play a single game beyond <laughs> that because they weren't receiving the level rewards that they wanted to to play sure. beyond that. So, those players are now freed up to play beyond that because you know through select or through the core program they're a sort of rewarded for all of their activity. So, yeah, that's one group which I, I really think are benefiting from the changes.
1: Uh, My final question was to you, Strag, and it, it relates to something a bit different. Earlier, Joe and I were talking about online poker security in the wake of recent news happening elsewhere. As game integrity falls under your umbrella, are you still confident about our protocols, processes and people?
2: Oh absolutely. Um and in, in fact, um, Francis Lincoln, who's our head of game integrity, reports into me, um did a recent uh interview on on Poker News, um and he talked about um, I think it was one of my favorite quotes uh, of all time. He said, you know, there's probably 100 people in the world who do what my team does, uh and and 50 of them work for us. Um you know, and I think that's the kind of of um that level of knowledge and expertise that that nobody else has. Um that doesn't mean that we rest on our laurels. Uh, in fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. Um, we are continuing ch- continuing to challenge ourselves to look at what it is we do. Obviously, there's always emerging technologies. There's additional tools that come out. And so we're continuing to make sure that we're on top of our game. And, and one of the key measures is that I have a... We have a set of KPIs, key performance indicators, very much industry internal jargon that we like to use, right? But this is how we measure our success. How quickly do we catch a cheater? How many hands does it take before somebody before we detect a, a, a bot or or what what have you? Um, every single year, we raise the bar for ourselves on those nice. key indicators because we do not feel that it's okay for us to to just accept the the previous year's norm. And I think that's really important
1: guys really appreciate you both taking the time to talk to us because i know that you've probably each got another six zoom calls to be on before your working day is done but uh actually chase chris regalis thank you very much for joining us
2: thanks thank for you. having us
0: so one night in prague i promised um griffin and nick that we would go to the christmas markets we'd eat some street food and I really enjoyed doing this. And we, we got out a little bit early. We were able to go out there. And so we're waiting in line for some ham. It's me and Griffin and Nick we're waiting in line for some ham. And in line behind us is Sandy.
1: Sandy the degenerate.
0: That's right. Sandy the degenerate fuck is standing behind us. And Sandy goes, hey, guys, let me pick up this this meal. Let me let me pay for your food.
1: That's a very nice nice gesture and very uncharacteristic of Sandy.
0: That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is that Sandy in general like doesn't doesn't like take out his wallet very often? Sandy's like not huge on buying for everybody, and I'm just like, and so that's like a little alarm goes off, but not really, right? Like I clock it, but I'm like, oh, thank you. This is so nice of Sandy, and then. Sandy, when Sandy goes to pay, pulls out a wallet and pays in cash. And I'm like, that's also weird because Sandy's not like the rest of these poker players that like always have wads of cash on them. And it's in local currency, right? It's in check crowns. And I'm like, would Sandy really have gone through the trouble of changing money and then paying for this meal And then paying in cash when I've only known Sandy to only ever have a card on them, which is part of the reason why they never pay for everybody because they're like, oh, I have card only. So, again, I'm just like it's like two little just sort of the story isn't checking out. The story isn't checking out yet, but it isn't until I find out later what's going on that now it all starts to make sense. So we we eat our meal. Was the ham nice at least? Oh, my God. It was awesome. The, the ham was great. It was so good that we all kind of like fought over it. Um, and we we're like, are you going to eat that pizza? Like, so the, the food is actually – we got ham and we got like a couple of uh, – I think it was like a, their version of a crepe. Um, well, it I'll tell was you what, guys. I mean,
1: EPT Prague 2024 may be 11 months away, but this is a great commercial because going to that Christmas market and having mulled wine and having that ham, that that alone is worth going for. The poker is a bonus. It is really great. So,
0: as we're um, wrapping up, Sandy's like, "Hey, look! Like, I have like a, I have like a, uh, like a moral dilemma. I want to tell you guys about. I want to get your opinion on it. And it turns out that Sandy the night before had been in a club and um, uh, had a really expensive coat." These, uh, you know, these these goose coats. I think you have one, James, right? They're like a no, thousand dollars. No, not
1: that brand, but you Canada goose is a very very expensive coat. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, and had checked in a, a coat, and uh, when they went to leave, they did they couldn't find their coat. Um, the coat would, had been oh, given to someone else. Um, and so they 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 said we think the guy's actually just outside smoking a cigarette. Maybe you can go track him down. He goes outside. The guy isn't there, and he comes back in, and they go, wait, we found your coat. Here it is. They put it on him. He walks home. As he's walking home, he realizes, he reaches in the pocket, and whoever had accidentally been wearing his coat had put their wallet in the coat. Oh, my God. And now I'm like, Sandy, Sandy, did you just use the money From that wallet
1: To pay for
0: our dinner God, And he goes Yeah but like but hear me out Hear me out hear me out and I'm like No fucking way So I take money out of my pocket And I give Sandy back The money I'm like put that money back in the Fucking wallet right now and he goes No 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 hear me out hear me out because I asked a bunch of people about this I asked a bunch of people about this And the consensus was It's okay to Spend the cash as long as I try to get the guy his wallet back. Oh, whoa. And what I was consensus? like
1: consensus, who the fuck has Sandy been polling?
0: I don't like apparently and I don't want to throw poker players on the bus. Apparently other poker players. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's not the moment you get your coat back. And the moment you realize that someone's left something in there, you give that thing back to the same people who gave you your coat. So
0: the thing is that he was already, uh, so there are certain extenuating circumstances here that I understand a bit of confusion, right? So I was like, dude, let's, now here's where it gets really murky. Now here's where it gets fun is I'm like, bro, there's a police station right there. And it turned out the guy was a local, like the guy lived in town. And oh, so God. I was like, "You could bring it to his house. You could bring it to a police station." So then he goes, "Yeah, yeah, but what? what but, but here's why I didn't want to turn in because everyone I everyone I know said if I bring it back to the bar, the people in the bar are just going to take the cash out of it." And I was like, "Actually, there's a good point. They might have done that, but that's not up to you. That's not up to you to take the money." No, and then he goes,
1: "That's that's their moral dilemma. And right. that's Them to make." And the then right I decision. go, "You you've made the wrong decision, Sandy.
0: Pure and simple." Yeah. So I go, okay, look, there's a police station right there. Um, Let's bring it there. And we start walking toward the police station. And now I stop. And I'm like, ooh, I don't don't know how the police are going to handle this. Like if the police are going to try to find this person and give them their wallet, I'd absolutely give it to the police station. But I know what American cops would probably do is they'll just throw it in a drawer. And if the guy comes looking for it, they'll give it to him. But they're not going to try to track him down. So I was like, look, this guy lives in town. Let's just bring it to his house. And everyone's like, "Eh, I don't know about that. I go, okay, how about this? Let's bring it to his bank. If you bring someone's wallet to their bank, right, he's got a bank card in there. Just drop it in the night deposit of the bank. So at this point, I'm like, guys, I'm washing my hands of this. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Um, Bring it to the hotel. Give it to the hotel concierge. So of those choices, Sandy chooses the worst one, which is to bring it all the way back to the hotel. And the hotel says, we're not taking this. You didn't find it here. This isn't our problem. It's your problem. So to this day, I do not know what ended up happening to that wallet.
1: So if Sandy and, comes to Paris, we have to ask, Do you still have it on you?
0: Yeah, do you still have it on you? Now, oh, and the other thing is that Sandy goes, Look, I was just gonna I was just gonna donate, I was just gonna give the rest of the money to like a homeless person. That's what that's what our that's what the other people said to do. And I was like, Sandy All that means is that you're robbing this person (laughs) and giving it to a homeless person. That's not a good deed. Oh, man. Oh, Sandy. uh, Don't even cancel each other out, in my opinion.
1: I I need to hear uh, other opinions on this, because to me, this is so black and white. And I can't believe for one second that there was a single human being who would advise Sandy that it's okay to spend the money in the wallet and make sure you return the cards. Um. I think we need to open this one up, Joe. I think we need people to tell us in Discord what they would do in this situation. Yes,
0: I would like to hear what people do in this situation. I know it's not anonymous in Discord, so maybe those of you who would take some of the cash wouldn't feel the need, to be honest. Now, in Sandy's defense, I'll say this. Sandy, once I scolded Sandy for... I mean, I berated Sandy, to be perfectly honest, for a long time and gave Sandy back the money that they spent and said, put it back in the wallet. Sandy then went to the ATM and got more money out and gave me back my money so that Sandy still had paid for the dinner for everybody. And and was and apologized and thanked me for shedding some moral clarity onto the situation. But can you out there, you listeners of this show on Discord, come up with any reason why you would not return this wallet with the full amount of money in it? In fact, to be honest, James, I don't know that I would have even gone through the wallet except for to find how to identify this person and and track them down. And then after that, I wouldn't have even known What else was in the wallet?
1: It would have gone straight back to the bar. And as I said, it's their problem. If they decide what they decide to do with it is their problem. That's where it came from. They might have a means of getting hold of this person. I just want to get rid of. It I would as soon take it to the person,
0: but the thing is, the other oh, the reason why we figured maybe not is because like, look, my real li- my license doesn't have my correct address on it, right? Like, right. if you move, especially if you live in a big city, you move apartments, you don't always get your your driver's license address changed. So, I would I would have tried harder to track the person down than to bring it back to the bar for the very reason that Sandy stated. But I definitely would not have spent one nickel. Of that much. That
1: much is clear. But yes, interested to hear what other people would do. Uh, we're talking about the Pokestars Discord server, by the way. There is a link to it in the podcast description. There are now two dedicated podcast channels, podcast discussion. That's what you should be using for this type of stuff. The other channel is specifically for people who want to take part in Superfan vs. States. And now it is time to welcome our first Superfan of 2024. James Harpin, how are you? Very well, thank you, James. It's been a while. Where was the last time we saw you?
4: Um, I think the last time I bumped into you guys was probably Bahamas. This time last year, funny enough.
1: Yes, absolutely. PSPC 2023. An experience I hope you have fun memories of.
4: Yeah. Um uh, the fondest of memories uh it was an amazing time uh even more poignant uh that it was the last journey i got to take with my dad um unfortunately he's no longer with us oh, um, so, so it, it, it became doubly amazing that i got to take him on such a lovely trip
0: oh that's really cool i'm glad you got to have that with him i see now we're, this is an audio podcast for the most part unless you're you know on shrooms or something. And um, it, I can see that you are decked out right now. You got a Hello My Babies t-shirt. You yep. got a throwback Poker Stars hat. You've got somehow a cat perched above you on a couch and a poster or I, w- w- a tapestry
3: of Correct. cartoon yes.
0: characters playing poker behind you, and I guess you must be a big cartoon fan, because we're talking Simpsons today. Correct. Um,
4: I don't want to come on here and embarrass myself, but I'm quite the fan of The Simpsons.
1: I I think most people are fans of The Simpsons, shall we say, for the first ten years. It's the later seasons, maybe, that some people have fallen out of love with.
0: I think it supposedly got good again. James Harpin, I'll let you tell us. Um. Yeah,
4: obviously, we're all spoiled to have seen Many reruns of those first 10 series uh, across many platforms. But you have to be a bit of a diehard to have uh, carried on into the 27 plus. I think we're on 34 at the moment. Um, Oh, oh, that wasn't an answer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But um, yeah, um, I've still binge watched every season, thanks to a um, prominent streaming site um, application that's available to all good uh, streamers. Um, so, yeah, I've still seen them, and they are still coming with the gags.
1: I am just checking that this isn't a question. It's not. I remember uh, seeing the Tracy Ullman show in the late 1980s. I remember the first iteration. Oh, of that's the right, because she's
0: English. So thinking, uh, that
1: this is shit, and yet somehow <laughs> they managed to refine it, make it work, and turn it into one of the most successful TV shows of all time.
4: And thank God they did, because uh, it was a success I I guess James
0: uh, James Harpin, sorry, that could get confusing. Um, For once, there's two Jameses instead of multiple Joes on. Just remind everybody real quick who you are and and what uh, what you're like in your regular life before we get on to the quiz here and and what uh, your connection to poker is, too, while we're at it.
4: Um, Okay, well, um, in my day-to-day life these days, I'm a a man of, quote-unquote, leisure, although I'm kept very busy (laughs) uh, thanks to the... uh, the family dynamic that's uh, emerged over the past uh, sort of six months, things are getting um, a lot more back to normal. And I can go back to being um, uh, a diehard amateur fan and turning up to as many um, poker festivals and events as I can do um, because, yeah, that's that's what I love doing. That's my big passion. I mean, there is something else I do, and I I'll do so with a couple of other poker players, but we, uh, we get involved in the Quiz League as well, which nice. I also uh, yeah.
0: enjoy. Oh, man, well, I don't like my chances today.
1: We've established, James, that you were a platinum pass winner. And, of course, now we have the bronze, silver, and gold passes, virtue of power path. There is a bronze power pass in play for winning this quiz. I'm tempted, tempted just to give you the prize for having a cat. I can't do that, though. You have to earn it. It is a skill game.
4: Um, she, she is involved. Uh, she's half wax. So we'll um, <sighs> have to come to some sort of arrangement on the eventual uh, monetary <laughs> amounts.
0: I mean, I think that the power pass is, like, very much um, within your grasp here, considering you just described yourself as a man of leisure, and I haven't seen The Simpsons in about, I don't know, 20 years. So um, I do like your chances.
1: I'm also going to say, and it was uh, producer Chris rather than Patrick who compiled this quiz, it is tough. I've just gone over the questions, and there's a lot here where, I'm like, I've no idea. So, good luck, players. Um, James, we are going to start with you Start with you as the superfan, as the guest. Please give me a number between 1 and 10.
4: Uh, we'll have lucky number 7.
1: Always coming 7. Can you tell me what is Principal Seymour Skinner's real name?
4: Armin Tanzarian.
1: Correct. For two points, did oh my not God. need the options okay Joe good luck
0: um I feel like I could even just get the number wrong here like just <laughs> no. <laughs> no pressure, I'll start Joe. I'll start with my lucky number I can't even believe I'm pulling this out right away I'll just go with number nine right away maybe I can get a point here
1: okay which actor has the most guest appearances on The Simpsons Multiple choice options are available. I
0: mean, I guess I'll have to take the options because I need to.
1: Okay. I don't know what. Yeah, is I'll it? take the options. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob, mm. Phil Hartman as Troy McClure, Joe Mantegna as Fat Tony, or Marsha Wallace as Mrs. Crabapple?
0: Marsha Wallace is a, is a regular cast member, I think, so I guess I'll eliminate that one. But she's in way more episodes than anybody else, if that's
1: true. Well, all I'm going to say, there are no trick answers here. These are all guest stars. Then I'm going to go with Marsha Wallace, then. You get one point, and you also get the bonus question. Troy McClure stars in a musical version of Planet of the Apes. What is the title of the musical? The the musical is called The... Wait...
0: Uh, I, I, I know the song. Oh man, I... Uh, the, the Planet of the Apes.
1: James, do you happy to happen to know the answer? You can't steal, but just in case you happen to know.
4: Um, I think I, I might be a bit unlucky because I think the name of the song might be the name of the musical. Is it called Dr. Zaius?
1: It's not. It's called Stop the Planet of the Apes. I want to get off. <laughs>
4: <That's>
1: oh. <funny. laughs> Round two. James you can have any number other than seven or nine. One, please. Question number one. Who took Marge on her prom date? Artie Ziff. Artie Ziff for two points. <laughs> Good knowledge. Joe, where are you going on the board?
0: <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I I I uh, whatever. Just give, just pick one at random for me.
1: Okay, I'm going to give you question number three. I'm going to give you i I'm okay. going to give. I'm going to softball you because I like you. Mm-hmm. What is Homer's job at the nuclear power plant?
0: He works at Sector Seven G.
1: But what's his job? What's his role?
0: <laughs> oh. He's a a safety uh, manager, inspector? He's uh, a safety inspector. I'll give you the two points.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay, James, you still have a one point advantage going into the next round. Uh, Number five, please. Number five. Okay. I am going to give you the options, but don't worry. There's still an opportunity to get two points because there's a bonus attached as well. So, which character does Hank Azaria not voice? Mo, comic book guy, Superintendent Gary Chalmers, or Hans Molman? Molman. It is Hans Molman. That's your first point. And then there is a bonus question for the second point. Hank formerly voiced Apu Nahasa Pima Petalon. How many letters are in the name Nahasa Pima Petalon?
0: Like counting his outs. (laughs) James is counting on his fingers right now. I'm not trying to throw him off, but this is an audio podcast, so.
1: 17. The answer was 18. (laughs) Unlucky. Okay, Joe. uh, What's still available? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. Give me a date with an 8. Question number 8. The Simpsons live at what number on Evergreen Terrace? I'll take the choices. Is it 2? Two, 212, 742, or 1182? One one I'm not I'm not saying
0: this is an answer. It's it's 2 and then 42 2? Two?
1: <laughs> yeah. 212. Yeah. 742, 1182. 742. 742 Evergreen Terrace is the answer <laughs> for a point. James, you still have.
4: as they call it in America. 742,
0: yes. <laughs> all right.
1: Cool. So. Thank you. You still have a one point advantage, James, as we go into the penultimate round. Two, four, six, or ten? Two, please. Question number two. What store slash shop is next to Moe's Tavern?
0: This is one of the Our few I think, options, I think I would have got without the choices, but Okay. We'll see.
1: Is it Lard Lad, King Toots Music Store, The Quickie Mart, or All Creatures Great and Cheap? King Toots. It is, indeed, for a point. Okay, Joe, your penultimate question. You could really do with tying the game by getting two points here. Four, six, or ten? Four. Question number four. Who is the first character arrested for shooting Mr. Burns?
0: So I need two to tie it?
1: Two to tie, yes. But I have
0: one more question after this. Correct. I can't. (sighs) Uh, I'll take the choices. Sorry.
1: Is it Dr. Colossus, Homer, Smithers, or Maggie?
0: Let's go with Homer.
1: It was Smithers.
0: Ah, I've got it down to a 50-50.
1: Okay, (laughs) so James, going to the final round, you have a two-point advantage. The last two questions available are six and ten.
4: We'll go for ten, please.
1: Question 10. So this is another one where I have to give you the options, but there is a bonus attached which will give you the extra point. Which of these has Bart never owned? A pocket knife, an elephant, a stamp collection, the first issue of the Radioactive Man comic.
4: I'm going to take a punted stamp
1: collection. No, it was pocket knife. Uh, According to producer Chris, Homer never technically gave Bart the pocket knife as he dropped it and punctured the raft they were floating in and presumably the knife was lost at sea. You got screwed on a technicality and because of that, I can't give you the bonus question, which means, Joe, you can still tie the game if you can answer question six without taking the options.
0: Okay, here we go.
1: What occasion is marked with a special episode in each season? Excluding season one.
0: I can get this without the choices. Unfortunately for James, it's the
1: treehouse of horror. So the occasion is? Halloween. Halloween for two points. So we go to the tiebreaker. And as ever, it's a question with a numerical answer, James. You can either answer it or you can force Joe to answer and then take the over under. The question is, The Simpsons is currently in its 35th season. How many episodes have aired as of December the 24th, 2023?
4: Okay.
0: Now, if he just names it straight away, then we don't have to go through the me picking over. If you were to give me
1: the exact number, then absolutely you would win. But if you give me a number... That is not the exact answer. Joe would take the over-under. Alternatively, you can force Joe to answer and you get the option of going higher or lower than his answer.
4: I'll force Joe to answer,
1: please. Okay, Joe, how many episodes of The Simpsons have aired as of December 24th, 2023?
0: I'm going to go with 455 episodes of The Simpsons.
1: Higher or lower than 455, James?
0: I'll try lower,
4: please.
1: The actual answer is 760. (laughs) Significantly higher than 455. So unfortunately, James, you miss out on the power pass, but... And it's not just because you have a cat. It's also because you volunteered to take part in the show and we like you. You are going to get the poker in the is merch. So we'll add to your collection Amazing. and we'll be in touch to make sure you get a t-shirt and a mug um, we'll get your details very soon.
4: Perfect. Well done, Joe. Uh, epic performance, mate. Well done.
0: Thank you, James. Thanks. I could tell you're rooting for me, which you really shouldn't have been. You're a very sweet guy <laughs> and I hope I hope we see I hope we see you out on the tour again soon. We hope you get uh, get your back on the path uh and, and back out into the world. No worries, Joe. We'll have a shandy one
4: day, mate. Don't you worry.
0: All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much, James. Good to see you again. See you, again. See you soon. Bye-bye. All right, my babies. That's just about all the time we got for this week's show. Coming up next time, we love poker. We love pop culture. We're combining the two. That's right. It's time for our... Annual review of movies and TV shows we've seen recently. What did we love? And we're going to get a poker player, uh, a poker player's opinion on it, who's, Uh, opinion is far more valuable than what we will be using it for.
1: And crucially, there will be a solid poker theme to this episode because one of the things we'll be talking about is a TV show on Channel 5 in the UK called The Good Ship Murder. There is an episode of this show called At Sea, which involves a poker tournament and a poker player being killed. Um, I've seen it. Joe's going to see it. And we need one of you to see it. We need one of you to watch this atrocious broadcast hour of television. Um, I appreciate this might limit us to people in the UK, Joe, because it's only available to stream on Channel 5, I think.
0: Okay, so I don't know. I don't think this is a piracy site because it's been around for a long time, but there's a site called Daily Motion. It has ads on it. it And it is available on Daily Motion. So I don't want to promote a pirate site, but it appears to be one of these, like a free view type of sites where um, they pay for it with tons and tons of ads. Um, sp- speaking of this thing, so I, the 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 plan is to have a high pro- profile poker player analyze the poker from the good shit murder. <laughs> um, so I, I know, and to get someone to watch an hour of something has been a bit challenging. So I'm still working on that. But uh, a couple of other things I wanted to tease is that as long as you're doing it, I've watched this show on Netflix called The Brother's Son. And um, I really enjoyed it. But I had an awkward interaction with one of the big names from that show at a party last weekend. So I'm going to tell you guys that story. Uh, and then also, I I know this is crazy. And I nobody wants to talk to me about it because I'm fucking 10 years too late. But I just started watching Mad Men. <laughs> and James, I fucking watched. So my girlfriend's been away. I watched... I want to say, 30 episodes of Mad Men in the last 48 hours. And if someone wants to do Mad Men in a super fan quiz eventually, yes, uh, that's something that is fresh in my mind, and I would love to do a Mad Men quiz because I am fucking obsessed with this show, and I'll talk more about Mad Men next week. Oh! Cons- yes?
1: Considering how much time you've spent in the company of John Hamm, it's ridiculous that you've never seen this show before.
0: Yes, I know, and so I, I was going to say this, but... I'm so glad I hadn't because I would have been way more scared of him. Right. Than right. if I had seen it, because I right. didn't realize what a fucking mean bastard he is on anyway, the show.
1: Mad Men is a great shout <laughs> as a superfan subject, but a reminder that next week it will be about the good Ship murder, the episode called At Sea. Yes. And if you want to apply to be next week's superfan, please use the uh, channel on our Discord server that I referenced earlier on, Superfan Applications. Just post your details in there. As ever, when we pick the superfan subject, I try and juice the prize pool. So I try and give you an extra incentive to take part in the show. And quite frankly, you deserve it because even though this is only like 47 minutes long, it's that bad.
0: Also next week, some podcast news coming up. Maybe a little personal news coming out of me and James. Not sure what we can reveal just yet, but something. Will be revealed on next week's show And we're going to do another What would you do I had another moral dilemma this week Wasn't sure what to do about it But for now That is all the time we have got For this week's episode Welcome back Happy 2024 For James Hardigan I am Joe Stapleton Smell you later